0: Queer Business Success, the podcast for LGBTQIA business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, coaches, caregivers, and the allies who love our community. We tell the stories of why our businesses were formed, who we serve, our challenges and successes, and we offer sound advice to our fellow queer entrepreneurs. Our hope is to inspire, enlighten, and highlight the services that our LGBTQIA businesses and allies offer. If we can do this, so can you. We believe that we need more LGBTQIA business owners, not only for our community, but for a better world. Here's our host, Anne-Marie Zanza.
1: Hi, this is Amory Zanzel, and welcome back to another episode of Queer Business Success. I am so excited to have to the show today, Karen Cooper. Karen is as identifies as non-binary and as pansexual, and their pronouns are they them. Karen is the owner of Blessed Tangle Coaching and they help neurospicy parents who are overwhelmed by everyday household household and life activities plan, prioritize and focus so they can accomplish their goals and live in a life with less stress and more freedom and happiness. Karen, welcome to the show. Hello. So tell me, tell me a little bit about your, as you know, in the show, I always start asking people a little bit about their queer journey or their allyship journey. So tell me a little bit about your queer journey.
2: So I, it was, I was raised very conservatively Catholic. So it was all internalized for a really long time. And it was like very, very slow. The first time I ever thought. I was even allowed to have like thoughts about um, another gender besides men was in uh, in college in an English literature class. My professor was like, well, sexuality is a spectrum. Like maybe I'm usually into women, but for Brad Pitt, you know, and I that, that thought like sat in my brain and I was like, oh, well, maybe sometimes you could just maybe be into women or like it, it simmered there. And and that was the first time. And then I started making jokes about it, just like he did. Like, oh well, maybe. And then, really, it—I didn't really fully identify as anything but uh, straight. And until 2020, and I started getting on TikTok, and <laughs> and it's <funny. laughs> and everyone jokes lesbian, about it.
1: But- TikTok, lesbian TikTok. Oh my, oh my. <laughs> if if you are. If you're just mildly curious, just go follow lesbian TikTok and you will see some of the most beautiful women.
2: Ever. I know.
1: Super sexy um, mask presenting and butch women and stuff like that. So sexy. I love lesbian TikTok. I'm a little old for everybody, so I feel a little creepy, but <laughs> and I'm married. So I just just like entertainment for me.
2: But yeah, it was it was definitely the the quarantine and TikTok and I was like, oh, I I'm definitely attracted to women also. But it wasn't, it was just fun slowly. And I never really officially came out to anybody. I just started I just started talking about it as if it was always the thing. And so people would have to ask me like, oh wait, are you are you not straight? Or like I I and I did the same thing the it was I know it. it, I attribute so much of it to TikTok because it brought so many people into my world and it brought so many options that I didn't really think about or know about. And when I like the, the gender binary even before that was always like annoying to me. I was like, I don't like to have to be a certain way. And that means I'm a woman like that has always bothered me. So just seeing like the options that I had, I was like, oh, I, I can, sh- I wanted this, this fits way better than what I was identifying as before. And I definitely just kind of started and I, I never came out to anybody. I was never like, this is my coming out. I was just like, this is who I am. And then people had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then if they asked a question that I would answer and mostly everyone that I've surrounded myself with has been very supportive and fine. My, uh, my mother still is like not totally there, but
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I don't know how much you want to go into that, but, but
1: um, well, that's her journey. You know what I mean? And that's
2: how I feel. Like I, I, that's and actually since in the, in the last two years, I, she has changed and, and opened up a bit. And I think part of that, a lot of the reason that we have, like people have all this hate for, anyone outside of what they feel is normal and a lot of times it's just they don't have the exposure to realize that we're real people and we're really awesome and so my mom is like well this this is my daughter who I love and and they're amazing they don't use she doesn't use my my pronouns but but she she is learning like to get outside of her very strict religious beliefs because I'm kind of forcing her to so Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but not in like (laughs) <laughs> Not because I'm making her making her like watch documentaries or something, but just because I'm just being myself around her and mm-hmm. she's getting to she's getting the exposure exposure that from me that she doesn't get anywhere else in her life because she also surrounds herself with people who she feels comfortable with and, and well, safe. Yeah, human beings do that.
1: Right, right? you know. So, so.
2: There's, there's no one in her world
1: that's like me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as I said, for parents, it is their own journey. Um, And there's also some really wonderful resources out there for parents like PFLAG. And I always recommend that people, that that's parents or friends of lesbians and gays. I mean, of course they're, I mean, that's an, that's a acronym from like 1970. And um, so, of course, they are very welcoming of all types of people in the queer community. And really, their mission is to help families and parents and families to accept their queer child. And so I always recommend people just send your mom or dad that it's their journey. It's they have to figure out how to love and accept their child for exactly who they were created to be. So that's your mom's journey. (laughs) And yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your business.
2: So when I went, when I got into coaching, you know, everyone says you have to pick a niche and everyone struggles with picking a niche because you're like, I can help everyone. And at first I just wanted to help overwhelmed moms because that is what my story is. Mm -hmm. But the more that I really started making connections with people, I started to notice a thread of when people are overwhelmed, it's often because... the people that I've been working with because they have some kind of neurodivergence and because of executive dysfunction or because they're just trying to fit into a neurotypical world when the world wasn't made for their brains. Mm -hmm. Like all of our brains are perfect and they are trying to, they're not seen that way or and a lot of times they don't even know. So that's why I like to use the term neurospicy instead of neurodivergent mm-hmm. because it gives them the freedom to not be diagnosed officially, but to know to feel that they are different. Like you just know. You're like, oh, oh, I or or they're like, I just thought that was a weird thing about me. But then you realize that all these people that are diagnosed with a neurodivergency also have that weird thing about them. And you're like, oh.
1: Well, that's okay. and I also too. I think using the term neurospicy is less scary for people because neurodivergent um, can be can feel scary for people who like we just talked about your mom, who like live in a world where everything, you know, they surround themselves with a certain type of people. And so neurodivergent makes other, makes can make people feel othered. I mean, sometimes it makes them feel part of a community, but it also in the beginning until people accept things. And then neurospicy is like a gentle way of introducing the concept that people, you know, may just think differently than uh, other people, but I've started. I've interviewed so many queer folks who are neurodivergent. I think it's neurodivergent week here on the show because <laughs> you're like the fifth person in a, a row identifies as neurodivergent, and I think that I think I've come to realize that I think everybody is. There's no one way to to do things, and I think we've been in this box. Is that you know, for example, motherhood motherhood's hard and we don't talk about that. And so when you're feeling overwhelmed and stressful and, you know, your best friend is saying, I love being a mommy. I'm going to make crafts with my kids. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you can barely make their lunch. It, it, you know, it, there's like this standard of motherhood that we're all supposed to, to adhere to and it's also one where they they change the bar all the time so you're not really quite sure where it is
2: and also we're all um there's so much shame about uh, around motherhood if you're not doing it the right way and we have social media which i'm a big fan of but we also always present the best Version of ourselves. of
1: ourselves, right?
2: And then you're sitting there on the couch scrolling through your friends' feeds, and you're like, "Well, they're doing the perfect thing, and they're doing the perfect thing." But off- oftentimes, those same people that are posting those things, they're not posting the mountain of laundry that they also have on their couch. <laughs> right? Like, they're not Absolutely. they're not talking about that. And so we build these social media like glass prisons of shame for ourselves, mm-hmm. ourselves, and and it just we feel trapped inside and, and neurodivergency is often a part of that. And I agree. I think that most people are neurodivergent of some kind, Mm -hmm. but we tried to like assimilate to be the same way. Um, And now it's a lot more accepted to like figure it out because when I was growing up, it was like, you didn't go to therapy and openly talk about it. Like that was a shame thing. Like, Oh, there's something wrong with you. So Mm -hmm neuro spicy is more like there's just we got we just have more seasoning you want seasoning it's important einstein beethoven mozart they were probably artistic like they they need us
1: (laughs) yes this is the thing folks the world needs diversity of all kinds you know because diversity means a healthy organism I mean, that's exactly what. So if we think of us, ourselves as, you know, one, we need all kinds of parts of us, all kinds of diverse parts of us to be a successful society. And so when we deny people admission to our society because of this, that, or the other thing, we're really denying a healthy living organi- organism of our society, right? So, so tell me a little bit, what are some of the challenges your clients deal with?
2: they deal with overwhelm and putting themselves in those boxes of like well i am not a good mother because i cannot keep my kids room clean i'm just i'm working so hard to try to to hold myself up to the the expectation of society or what my parents taught me was normal and okay, except that my mother was a stay at home mom. And I'm a full time working single mother. That's a lot of my clients are that <laughs> or even not like, in my head, I'm not good enough for whatever reason, because my laundry's not done. I'm not cooking home cooked meals several nights a week. I'm just not happy. And I feel like I should be happy. And I'm just not. And it's just a lot of them. There's just a profound sense of hopelessness of Mm -hmm. like having come to a place where they just accept that they are a failure and they don't know why. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's
2: really sad. So So when they come to me.
1: Yeah. What makes them to seek help? That was my next question. So when they come to you.
2: When they come to me. They're just something has like they've gotten to know me and, and whatever. And, and something has finally snapped in them, I guess, that they just want to be happy. They mm-hmm. just really like they have all the ingredients, but they don't know how to put it together. And mm-hmm. they just, they want to feel less frustrated. They, they get to a place where it's too much and they don't know what else to do. So they've, they've tried so hard on their own mm-hmm. and they just, they get stuck. They Mm -hmm. feel like they're drowning. Mm -hmm. And I can feel their pains because I was there. Right. And so I know exactly how to guide them to, through it to a place where they can be happy and accept themselves. A lot of work of self-acceptance and worthiness and like letting go of the things that, that they think they should, all the shoulds they, they have, like, well, my mother said this. Do you actually care about that? <laughs> like, uh-huh. You're making yourself feel terrible, but do you care if your kids go outside in socks? Like, is it is that the thing? And just like taking the small things. And sometimes they feel like it's too small to bring up. But if it's bothering you on a regular basis, then it's not too small. That's a big part of your life. that could be filled with joy.
1: Because the more we take on the expectations of others, then the less chance we have joy in our lives, Yes, you know Karen, I, it makes me think about the time when my uh so I have four children and I always say that my three older children got my got my youth and energy while my youngest child who's 7 years younger got my wisdom. I was a lot more mature when I had him and um, I was just I had grown so much. And I remember when I had four kids I was working and and like the laundry was, there was always a giant pile of laundry. So I totally relate to all that. And I remember I just gave up trying to match socks. Just gave up, didn't care. <laughs> and I remember bringing my youngest to school and one of the mothers was like, his socks don't match. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, like in the grand scheme of life, going through a pile of laundry to find matching socks for somebody is so like, It's like such a waste. It was I like it literally was like this is a waste of my energy and my time, and I'm not gonna do it. And life will go on. And it was just so funny the the judgment I got of other mothers, but I also had been gotten to a place in my life where I just didn't care. (laughs) I was like, okay, you know. And sometimes it's like things that expectations of others often drive us, and when we learn to let them go, it is like it's like being let out of jail, right?
2: Yeah, it's it's so freeing, and that's what I do with with my clients. Is like use your internal guidance system. Feel in your body: is this important to you? And if it is, absolutely match the socks. If that really Socks. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, my kids are excited if they see matching socks. They're like, "Mom, look, these match." <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that socks are supposed to so match. That socks are supposed to match, so like they're picking out the different socks that they can find, and like kind of putting them together if they want a matching color, but like matching is not an in anything in life really is not a thing that I do.
1: <laughs> so. <laughs> so, um, what do you, what do you feel is the biggest challenges in your business, in the business side of your business?
2: Um, I would say marketing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: just the sales post. hmm I feel like I write, I'm I'm also a writer. I, I haven't mentioned that yet, but I'm, I'm a published author. But I feel like I write lovely posts, but mm-hmm. I still have work to do on myself to feel really comfortable being like, buy this from me. And that's a me thing. Mm-hmm. So, because what I do really does help people. Right. So, I'm, and my clients are so thankful and they... They love I always have them take a selfie at the beginning at the end, so that they can see the transformation in themselves,
1: even from a short amount of time. I might steal that one from you. That's a great idea. It's I've really, never thought about that before, but that's an amazing idea.
2: It's really fun to see that like like the heaviness, but from before and they can see and the, it's like their blow up mm-hmm. like and it comes from inside, and you can't manufacture that so. I have important work. And so marketing myself in, i I, you know, no one wants to be salesy or whatever, but shifting my perspective to like, no, I'm, I'm just having a conversation with people that I genuinely do care about.
1: Well and I also want to assure you heartfelt entrepreneurs often really struggle with the marketing and sales piece and and I hear that all you know I've, as I said I interviewed a lot of people and I've heard that over and over again and I feel like there's a, a like having to crack the code for our heart centered coaches and stuff because across the board sales and marketing is like they just do not like it and I think it's because we're so used to giving and we have a really hard time. We see doing sales and marketing as asking, but it's not. It's letting people know that you're out there and you're ready to help them. And um, you, and once you become really, once you believe deeply in what you do, like in a really cellular level, the marketing does become easier. And I believe me, I understand because when I first started marketing for my later in life people, oh my God, it was horrible. And, and now I'm like, I have no problem with it anymore because I know what I do is good. And I know how I help people with the later in life side and now with purposeful empowerment. And so I'm now I'm a confident marketer, but man, in the beginning, it was hard. So I feel you, girl. So what is your biggest successes? What are you most proud of?
2: In business specifically? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, or or something else. It's okay. If it's not business specifically.
2: Well, I'm very proud. I, that I self-published a book like that, like that is whenever I got to hold the book for the first time in my hands, I was like,
1: Oh my gosh, what's the name of the book? And
2: it's called my abusive relationship. I was married uh, to an awful person Um, and I documented it and, uh, afterwards, I on Facebook Live, I started telling about it, and people were like, "You should make this a book." And eventually, I did. So definitely that, because I am a huge book nerd, and I just like I inspired myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> that's a good thing.
2: <laughs> um, but in business, I'm really proud. I'm so honored that a lot of my clients. Uh, come from my existing community of of people that I consider like amazing close friends, mm-hmm. and to to be able to help them with such a in such a vulnerable space, mm-hmm. and for them, a lot of them have known me for over a decade. And the what to be able for them to see my transformation enough to be like here is my money please help me mm-hmm. I just I'm like okay I'm, <laughs> I must be doing something right <laughs> so I'm really, know, really proud of that I'm, I am I'm because people wouldn't spend the money on coaching if they didn't really think that it would help right and so I'm honored that they do that because they wouldn't just do that to be nice like oh I'm just gonna support you yeah. like no. Right.
1: <laughs> and I always think of money as an exchange of energy. That's yeah. what it is. We're exchanging the, you know, money is just energy to get things done. Yeah, <laughs> and, and when you need somebody to help you with, as a single mom and you're really struggling, it, you know, it's really important that people seek help. So, Karen, how do people find you?
2: On Facebook or TikTok, blessed tangle is the hashtag that I put on everything, every post, so they can look for it that way. Um, so right now, you can. My name is Karen Cooper, or blessed tangle, and you can find me on either of those platforms. And I'm very responsive.
1: So, what piece of advice would you give to um, a neurospicy parent um, who is just so overwhelmed? What piece of advice would you give to them
2: to pick the things intentionally that are making them feel the most like they can't breathe and let the, let it go. Like just let it slide and see how it feels. Mm -hmm. Just let that laundry sit there. Just don't meal plan plan this week.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And once you let go of those expectations replace them with something that brings you joy
1: mhm mhm so well thank you so much karen and thank you for coming on the show today i deeply appreciate it
0: my pleasure you've been listening to queer business success the podcast that highlights lgbtqia+ businesses new episodes are published regularly on spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other listening platforms. Wherever you're listening, take a moment to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you an entrepreneur who's also queer? Want to share some of your wisdom and experience with the rest of us? We'd love to have you on the show. Just click the link in the show notes to apply to be a guest. Until next time, queer friends and allies, keep taking care of business.